Hi, this is Danielle from the Jaws Curator, and this is episode 146 of Art for Your Ear. This episode is brought to you by SachiArt.com, the world's largest curated online gallery offering original artwork and limited edition prints from independent artists from around the world. And FYI, Saatchi's The Other Art Fair is happening in two weeks in Los Angeles, October 25th through 28th, and will be coming to Brooklyn in early November. To find dates, locations, and more, pop over to theotherartfair.com. So today I'm talking to an artist that made me want to be a mural artist one day. Ola Volo, say that five times fast, is an amazing artist who paints on walls all over the world. So Ola and I have known each other for a while, but when I was getting ready for this official chat, I realized that I had no idea how she became a mural artist. What, when, and where was the first wall that gave her that title? Well, it was time to take our friendship to a whole new level. Now, normally I would have called Ola in Montreal, where she's currently living, but at the time of this call, she happened to be in Vancouver getting ready for a show, so that's where I called her. Oh, and P.S., if there are kids nearby, there is the occasional swear word. Not Ashley Longshore swearing, mind you, but there are a couple here and there. All right, let's get on with this call, shall we? Calling Ola in Vancouver. Hi, Ola. Hi. This is awesome because... This is not a, just our Skype meeting. That's normally when we used to talk online. That's true. That's true. And you know what I didn't do in, in Thrive meetings? I didn't ask you all the stuff. All the details. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking um, before I jumped on the call, I was like, oh, it's so I'm so excited to talk to my friend Ola. And then I was like, I consider you your friend, but there's a lot of stuff I don't know. Oh, we're about to get to know each other very well. Oh, yeah. This is this is where the friendship goes to a whole new level. Yeah. You know, I was actually thinking, I think the first time I heard you speak was in, like, 2013. I completely oh. forgot about this, but I went to one of your talks that you did at Hot Art West City. Oh, yeah. A long time ago. And I remember being so intimidated. Like, I was completely... <laughs> I forgot that I, like, that we actually, I met you a long time ago, but I was way too intimidated to come and say hi, so this is so nice. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious, because when you were in our group, because, you know, of course, I googled everybody that was in our, in our Thrive group, that was my first Thrive group ever, and I was totally intimidated by you, I was like, oh, she is legit, and, you know, this was before I became a mural artist. Um, now you're a mural artist, so it's a completely different ballgame. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> now we're like peers because I completely understand. <laughs> oh my God, I don't know how many times I emailed you le- leading up to the mural festival. <sighs> oh, well, I'm, I love your murals. I like. How was your experience? Was that great for you? Did you want to do it again? Yes, it was like, it felt like running mar- a marathon. Like, you know, so that when you're done, because it was blazing hot, there was not a cloud in the sky. So it was so hot for so many days in a row. And by the time, and you're covered in paint by the end and you're like, you warned me, like my body, I was so tired, you know, just like, just my arms, everything. And, um, and then it was over and I was like, oh, thank God it's over. And then the next day I was so sad. Yeah. It's like a depression kind of, because I was like, well, I want to get all my stuff and head out to my ladder, and there's no ladder and there's no wall, and now I have to go get a piece of eight by ten paper. Yeah, it's such an adrenaline adrenaline rush, and I think 
having so much focus on this one wall and it's so it's so public like this yeah. the concept of <laughs> constantly interacting with people when in reality you're just in a studio most of the time by yourself it's like this bizarre I can't like it's my most social time and my most like exciting time and then I go back in the studio and I, I enjoy it for different reasons but there is this sort of like a bizarre moment of being like why am I really sad? Like, what's like? So I, I yeah. try to like book when I'm doing murals. I try to book them like so they're like back to back, which is the worst thing you can do because you're exhausted. <laughs> but I stay on this like adrenaline high. I'm like, okay, where's the next wall? Like, just finish this. And there's always something that's gonna go wrong with every wall. Like your lift won't start. Maybe you're running on paint and the store is closed. Maybe it's like it's too hot and you just can't get on the you know like can't start working or whatever. But I. I, I find it so interesting that like you gotta be so chill like everybody who does murals or whatever learns to be so chill about it like any issue comes up they're like you know what like we'll figure it out like <laughs> I know well that's the thing because it didn't it, at the beginning it wasn't smooth right like the stuff I needed wasn't where it was supposed to be and whatever and and I was already out of my element right like I was, I was already nervous and and uh and so I was staying with our friend Jamie from Thrive and she and so we went out for dinner and I was like freaking out and I was like, oh, I don't know about this. And she's like, she's like, okay, I'm going to tell you what Ola says. <laughs> she's like, this is just how the mural thing goes. You have to be chill. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And like, I noticed everyone around me was pretty chill because they had done this so many times before. And, he, and I remember thinking, you know what? Like, just roll with it. There was some more swearing in there, but I was like, it's all you can do like it's it's just like just figure it out Danielle and so I did and I mean it it sounds so like cheesy to say but like after those six days I did five walls in six days like eight to ten hour days every day um and I was so proud of myself at the end because more than just painting the wall but just the the figuring it out and just the being chill about it because I am not chill. I like things to be very organized and a list and, and that's just not how it was rolling. And so I was pretty proud of myself, but then like, yeah, like you said, like everybody else, there was a big party and then everybody was on planes to the next mural or they had just flown in from France and now they were doing this and then they were off to New Mexico to do something else. And I was so jealous. I was just like, oh, I want to go on a plane to another wall. I'll listen next year or like next summer. I think the interesting part is that murals they do well. You can do them all year long, but like as the summer rolls in, rolls in, you start planning because you know a lot of them are outside, and so if you plan it out, you can. It's not that many months of just you know a good weather and ability to paint. Right. So you can sort of plan out ahead and see if you can get like you can start planning in January. I usually start planning like when it's like the shittiest weather. Like, <laughs> in Montreal and it's snowing sideways and Yeah, I'm like, oh like whatever whatever thing comes my way, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm taking it. <laughs> I get here as the as the sun gets better. I'm like, oh you know what? Like I've already booked that. But I think that that craving for being outside and doing it, like I I think you're hooked. I think. I think I might be. I think that we might have a problem here. As I said to um, David from the mural festival, I was like, I think you may have created a monster because now I like paper's just not going to cut it anymore. Anyway, okay. Let's talk about you and let's get and then we'll we'll make our way back to murals. So, 
See, this is the part where I'm like, oh, yeah, Ola's my friend. It's like, no, I'm not really, because where where were you born? Where did you grow up? Were you artsy when you were little? Go. Okay, so, yeah, this is going to be cool. I, I guess dating back is I grew up in Kazakhstan, and so we, I grew up there until I was 10 years old. It's like this, like, for anyone who doesn't know where Kazakhstan is, it's like on a border between, like, it's in between... China, Mongolia, and Russia, and it's like this huge country that I think I googled it, and it was like ninth biggest country in the world, like oh. so big, and I don't know, people are like, where on earth is this? I'm like, it's smack in the middle, it's like mid, like Central Asia, and so I grew up like right on the border with China, and so the, the culture there was very interesting, because I speak Russian, and my parents are Russian and Polish, and but yet there's like such a big Asian community in Kazakhstan, so, and it's like, in, it's like there's a huge influence from Middle East there, because of the, how it's location, so it's, growing up as a Russian-speaking person there, it was a quite a mix of, my concept of the Russian culture is very, I think it's a little bit skewed, it's not what exactly what <laughs> culture is about like from Moscow this is a bit more it's a bit more multicultural so yeah but what like, what did you speak in school we I spoke Russian in school so at the time it was right after Soviet like during Soviet Union Russian was the official language and language okay. was the second language that you that you'd learn but what, what was the second language Kazakh so like oh Kazakh people would speak Kazakh, which is so different. It's like, it's like, I don't know, it sounds like Turkish language. So there's not really an overlap with Russian and Kazakh. So it's like learning a completely different language. So it didn't set, it didn't set well, well with me because I, that's why I don't know it. I just, it was too far for me. I was like, oh, I don't think so. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, we were like, I grew up there and you know, after the Soviet Union collapsed and like all every you know Kazakhstan became independent, it became quite. Um, it was a pretty tough time to be there for anyone. I mean, every a lot of people lost their jobs. Like it was in such flux. Like everything was a bit chaotic, to be honest. And people were moving away because you know people wanted wanted security and safety. And were you free my- to move away, or were, was it? Um, so you, like, because they open the borders, you are able to travel outside of, you know, like, outside of Kazakhstan at this point. And we, like, you could, you had to apply to immigrate to another country. And so at that time, Canada was accepting people from Kazakhstan, like, for a very short period, I think for, like, three years or something. And we, you had to apply, you had to be, you had to, like, take tests and say that, you know, like, we speak English, and we learned English for a little while, but, I mean, this was, like, in a matter of a year, like, you're just, like, you're just making things happen for your family, because you're just, like, we need to, we need to leave, and we need to find a different place to live, and, yeah, so we, I moved with my family, with my brother and my parents, and we left, like, yeah, we left the whole family, we have a huge family, and so we left everybody behind, it was pretty, pretty hard move for me because I didn't know what was going on. I was like, I, I knew the concept of moving to a different country, but what is a continent and how is that even, yeah. what is language, you know, when you're, when you're in such a 
in such a bubble for all your life. And as a kid, I, I was so confused when we arrived in Vancouver. I was like, why is no one speaking our language? I was so mad about it. <laughs> I was just frustrated as a kid, you know. I was like, a, I think I was a little bit brokenhearted because, you know, I left all my friends behind. But Yeah, and so how were you were 10 then? I was 10. So yeah, that's hard. It's a transitional age. I mean, you still have memories of, you're still young enough to catch on the language and the culture here, but you, I still have very vivid memories of how it was before. So Yeah. That's when my husband, Greg, came to Canada from Poland when he was 10. Yeah, and, yeah. and he, how does he, does he feel still very connected to Poland? Um, he has very sunny memories. He has, like, really, really good childhood memories, and he remembers a lot. Like, he remembers walking. They lived in a tiny little town, and he remembers walking to school with his mom to kindergarten and... Um, like he's got all these really lovely memories and he didn't really understand, like they had to escape. They ended up living in a refugee camp, um, in Italy and stuff. And he was, yeah, like nine, nine, ten when that was all happening. And he just thought it was a big adventure because his parents made it seem like it was fun. Yeah. 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 And then he realizes that as an adult that they were terrified and they, like, it was really, I mean, it was crazy for them, but they didn't want him to know. Right. Wow. So they did a really good job of like being like, isn't this fun? <laughs> <laughs> and then they moved to Thunder Bay, Ontario in November. Oh, Jesus. From, from Italy. From Rome. Yeah. Oh, my God. And he was like, uh, wait, what? <laughs> like, this is the new land? Like, what are you talking about? This sucks. <laughs> and so he had it, same thing. He had a really hard time. Although. They had a bit of family. The reason they went to Thunder Bay was they had family there, and there is a pretty big Polish population there, so there were people that spoke yeah. his language. Well, so did you have, like, nobody then? No, and it was, uh, you know, like the late 90s, and there wasn't, I mean, there wasn't that many Russian people in Ca in Vancouver. There isn't that many anyway uh, here in Vancouver. There's a lot in Pol uh, in Toronto. But yeah, yeah, there's a whole Russian neighborhood yeah. there that's really quite cool. But yeah, not in I, Vancouver. I can't think of even no. a corner. You won't believe it. Like when we were the first couple of years, if I ever heard somebody in a grocery store like speak Russian, we would run into them, like run to them and be like, we also <laughs> sort of feel Canadian or did you think oh I'm going I'm gonna get out of here or how did you feel oh I, I honestly am so glad we moved here I, there's never there was never um I never had a doubt that this would be the best place for us like we there it was a pretty rough um situation in Kazakhstan at the time or I think even nowadays to be honest so I never felt like uh to be honest I still don't feel like I am 
Canadian, mm-hmm. but I don't like I'm Kazakh either because I just, I don't know, I'm too, every time I go back, they're like, you're too Americanized. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? And then I go, and I'm here, and I still feel like um, what makes me feel like I, can be, like I can be myself here is that Canada is this multicultural place, unlike any other place in the world like we celebrate multiculturalism we 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 you know we inspire people to look back into their backgrounds and bring in their cuisines and you know teach others about their culture so I think if any other place in the world I'll be able to like sort of merge my background and sort of be a Canadian like transform my concept of being a Canadian Mm -hmm. the place that I think was the most fitting like the most accepting, inclusive, like, I am, I, my whole family is, like, super thankful to be here, so, I don't know, we still talk about it, like, just this way, like, how, it's kind of, you know, even though it's been, it's been so long, like, I'm like, yeah, we really appreciate the fact that we have this ability to be here, and, like, it's, I don't know, it's, like, it's kind of nice that you were a bit older when you experienced it, so that you realized, you know, if you'd come when you were two, and you have no recollection, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of nice that you can appreciate it. Yeah. And then yeah. so during high school, were you like were you making art and stuff? So I started doing art when I was really young actually. It was my I think I was six years old. I was back in Kazakhstan. Um I got I got to my first art class and my parents I think they, they knew I loved to draw anyway as a kid, so they they decided to put me in classes and I wasn't too bad. Like as a kid I was like, you know, testing things out, I was drawing some cute characters. And then when we got to Canada, because of the language barrier, art was this sort of like nice way to bridge activities. Like I was able to, they were able to sign me up to classes or I was doing like after school activities that were art related. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't know the language, I was pretty, like I was decent at art and I just kept doing that. So I think they noticed that right away that I like found my like, not my, I would say my voice, but a place where I felt comfortable and art was always this sort of like nice medium where I wasn't too bad at it. So they were like, (laughs) (laughs) and were you, did you take all different classes like ceramics and drawing and painting? Yeah, I started taking so many classes that I started sort of like the high school started to run out of classes to give me in the arts. <laughs> so I would transfer myself to a different high school so I could take. So I, I think at the end I did like three high schools, like two middle schools. Oh but my god! Yeah, I just I mean it wasn't all for art, but at the end I was just transferring for the art classes for the high school in high schools. And in grade twelve, I I started doing Emily Carr first year university classes. In the, during the night time. So, oh, my God. Yeah, I was so dedicated to the art. I was like, I'm going to do this. I want to go to Emily Carr. This is the place for me. And, um, yeah, I started to – I did a couple of courses in the evening uh, so that my load my load of courses would be smaller in my first year. Oh, so, my God, you little nerd. You little, no. little overachiever. <laughs> I, was, I mean, honestly, I'm not good at math. It's true. I say <laughs> You're like, you know what, people? I'm putting all my eggs in this basket right here. 100%. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is so cool. And so I, I guess you obviously got right into Emily Carr out of high school then. So I got into Emily Carr pretty, uh, yeah, right, right out of high school. And and I wasn't, you know, I was like, you know what? I told my parents, I'm like, I'm going to Emily Carr. They're like, we're so happy for you. And then my father kind of like took me aside. I was like, okay, um, 
that's great, <laughs> you know, with his Russian accent. Very good, very good. But, <laughs> like, you know, artists uh, don't make much money. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, okay, but that's all I know. And he's like, yeah, um, there's this thing called graphic design. I was like, what is graphic design? And he's like, well, it's like, uh, you know, like websites. And then, you know, he was really, he was really w- not worried, but wanted me to do as so many parents who have kids. Of course, to- yeah. Well, like, why don't you study design for a while and then, like, see how it goes. So, even though my love and my heart all belong to fine art and, like, just illustration and stuff, I I went to do graphic design. And so, I studied graphic design for three years at Emily Carr. Oh, my gosh. Honestly, I was so awful. <laughs> I, just, I wasn't that bad at it, but there's something about, like, me trying to cram more things in the layouts where it just looked like too busy you know and and was it all on computer it was all on the computer and I've never even used like InDesign or Photoshop and that so that was a whole curve for me but I think that the point where it came where I'm like looking at my work now and how detailed and how I try to cram a lot of stories into every single piece and like find a balance there I tried to do that with design but with corporate design that's a no-go like you need to less is more you right, know right and so but I did I mean I was I wasn't horrible, but I wasn't phenomenal. <laughs> so I, uh, but you know, I had this thing, and what what Emily Carr did for me that I think is one of the biggest gifts. And I it sounds cheesy, but I'm gonna say it. So yeah, I thought it was a pretty big gift. Is at some point you're allowed to go abroad and study in a different country if you wanted to. And so I applied for this thing. And I was like, honest to God, I'm super tall. You know, I'm like six feet tall. So I. <laughs> to find my people in Vancouver and so I googled I was like where are the tallest people in the world no <laughs> I found it called the Netherlands you know <laughs> big tall blonde people you're like there we go there we go this is where I need to go and so I found a school there that was like super it's called William de Koning they were like really big in, in graphic design I was like phenomenal so great I'm gonna so I applied and I got in so I moved to the Netherlands and I studied there and uh and that's where they're like you know what graphic design is not your strong suit you know what you might be good at illustration I was like I know so (laughs) that's where they really were like try to figure out what I like about Dutch people they're so blunt like they really Oh, they really don't mask any of their comments. <laughs> I cried so much when I was in the <laughs> But they were like, oh my God, you're not the greatest designer. But you know what? You might they're like, listen, look deep into your heart. And what is your background? I was like, you know, I'm from Kazakhstan, Russian, Canadian. I, my mother's Polish. So my head is, they're like, Jesus, my Jesus, like, <laughs> you wrap it in a bow and just like figure yourself out. I'm like, okay, sure. And so... That's where I started to realize that patterns was like a really interesting language to catch on to, to merge all those like subject or all those like cultures that I'm so like kind of hung up on and love to explore more. And that's where I sort of started to dive deeper into storytelling through like the characters I do, but also through mixing of different patterns from different cultures. Oh, and were you doing that by hand or were you still on the computer? No, I dropped the computer completely. I was like, no more. I'm obviously not very good at that. So I uh, I put the computer aside for, for about a year and a bit. And um, I just did everything by ink. I did. I started off with like micron pens, 
white paper, just no like no room for mistakes, like follow your intuition, follow your mark making. I had to like kind of cut away from all the computers I've been using for all those years because there's something happens, the confidence is lost in the tools when you don't use them for a long time, you know? Right. So mm-hmm. Felt that and then I I kind of regained like I, I've really had like a you know coming to like a, I don't know I was like 21 or something and I you know I felt like I, I grew in that year and I changed I became much more confident as a woman as like an artist I was like I can be independent and I can be an artist and I felt empowered to be you know to make a choice that maybe wasn't suitable for everybody and I wanted to follow my own gut and my own intuition and then I was ne- this is the first time I was happy to be in art school like I was I honestly didn't enjoy art school very much until I found this like little moment of like that's my voice that's when I what excites me it makes me laugh it makes me interested I can share with people yeah so wow. and so how long were you there for a full year or six months or I was there for a year okay. and I came back to, and I did, so I came back to my car, I'm like, I'm changing my degree, they're like, listen, you have like, half a year left over, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care, I'm an independent woman with my choices. That's right. <laughs> don't, like, uh, don't tell my dad. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell my dad. Yeah. <laughs> I changed, and they're like, what do you want to graduate? I was like, just fine art degrees, what I strive for, they're like, phenomenal, great, let's, let's, let's just change a couple of things in this uh, computer and then all of a sudden I just had to complete like a full year and I graduated with a completely different degree oh. and I yeah because you would have had all of your electives covered from the graphic design so did you just have to do studio classes for a solid year you know I don't know they just I had like a chat with like a counselor and then she's like well it's fine I'll just like just take whatever courses you need to take I need to take some like uh illustration um character design classes yeah I guess studio classes yeah and and it was such a breeze like I was for the first time completely invested in the classes and interested and I made such good friends with the profs and I don't know like a whole different perspective on art school ever since then you know so yeah oh that's so nice that makes me feel like I like you can take a deep breath you know when you just find that place yeah yeah when you're just struggling and you're like, I know something's not feeling right. And like, trust your intuition. If something's not feeling right, something's not right. Like, yeah. And, and so, so you loved all of those classes. I loved them. And I became really good friends with the head of the illustration department and his wife. They were so supportive of, like, they were like, they noticed my work. They're like, we like your work. And like, we're going to help you, you know, like guide you a little bit and like, you know, look at your portfolio. And they were, they had this thing where they're like, you, what you need to do is you need to get to New York and you need to show your portfolio in front of people that will give you real critiques. So I'm like, mm, well, how am I going to go there? So they, they take like, I think like six or ten students to New York once a year and they put you in front of Penguin Magazine or Penguin Books, uh, Harper's Magazine, um, New York Times and like a bunch of other um, amazing people and those people will like rip your portfolio apart. They're oh. just and, but it was so cool. I mean, like, I'm like, you guys work with real illustrators who actually get paid and live off art and their ideas. Like, that was my first introduction to working artists. Before that, I just, like, I just had lectures, like, no, no offense to 
anyone who is scheduling this, but like a lot of like older men who are successful in the arts and present at my school, and I'll be like, how did they get there? You know, yeah. And I had like a little bit of a disconnect. Like I am a young woman who is entering the industry. Who are my role models? You know, and I I was really I, I found that to be like such a tough little thing. Like who am I looking at? And when I got to New York. And there's this abundance of illustrators, and that was, I guess, a little while ago. Now social media makes it makes it so much more, I don't know, acceptable and more you can reach out. But before, I don't know, it wasn't like that. And so I had to like be face to face with them. I'm like, holy shit, you do this for a living? Like, my <laughs> God, and you're not 85 years old. <laughs> yeah, that is true. You know, just to see that it's real. As you're about to graduate and realize that, like, oh, my God, I can do this. And so how did the critiques go? Like, did they tear you apart or was it, like, good feedback that you could use or what was it like? Oh, it was good. Like, I think I've already, I kind of, like, was pretty confident in my style already then. Now that I think back, maybe I was a little overconfident, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know fake it until you make it, right? Exactly. <laughs> I just, like, show up with my portfolio and just, like, it's all printed and stuff, of course. And um, and the issue a lot of them had was like um, it's so detailed that they don't know how to like how to use it in a like in a story like even Penguin Books is like I don't think you can use it to tell a story you can tell it by chapters like because there's so much going on but a kid is not going to be able to comprehend so much detail and decipher the characters which was a, a true critique like now that I look at it when you're illustrating for kids of different ages you have to illustrate with with uh, having them in mind of how they perceive images right and I learned that by being there I'm like oh I didn't know this whole market is very specific it's almost scientific you know yeah um the craziest thing is like to get myself through Emily Carr I worked as like uh you know those like um like Smirnoff girls and like (laughs) the club you know (laughs) like the shooter girls uh yeah like you know the Morgan S like with the Captain Morgan yeah yeah and I mean, I was at home, like, I need to pay for school, which is expensive. I need to live in Vancouver, which is expensive. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take on this job. So I was like walking around with Captain Morgan and like giving out, you know, free shots. And, the, and then I'm thinking like, oh my goodness, like, this is not like, what? what am I, well, <laughs> no offense. It's just like, it was so much work and also like nothing art related. And I just, was a little bit, my soul was a little bit empty. And so... I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to do everything I can to stick it with the arts and do all my money, all my all my thoughts, all my events, everything I attend will be art related. And like that just made a promise to myself because I was feeling really low on like, just I'm like, can't, can't we just, you know, do what we love and make, yeah. <laughs> at least make friends with this, I don't know. And so... I quit my job and like I took the last paycheck and like and I like quit my relationship, quit my apartment, everything. Just like I'm gonna start over. And I moved to New York and I was like, I'm gonna go to the where all those people are that inspire me. And uh, yeah, I moved there and I just started like email because I didn't realize how expensive New York was. <laughs> my first paycheck, I think it lasted me for like three weeks. <laughs> oh my god, I did not know. See, this is. Friendship is just, like, going through the roof here. I did not know that you moved to New York. Were you terrified slash, like, insanely excited? 
I was both actually I was extremely terrified because I didn't realize the money thing because I was like oh my gosh how am I going to afford it here but at the same time I don't know what it is, but every time I, I, I moved into Park Slope, which I didn't even know what Brooklyn was, I remember Googling, like, Craigslist Brooklyn apartment. <laughs> that's just, a, like, that's just a combination for disaster. But <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and did you also write tall, blonde? Like, don't do that. No. God knows who would answer those ads. Okay, go, keep going. I don't know how, but I ended up, I ended up getting a room and... Park Slope, and this guy, he wrote me back, he's like, you know, I'm going to sublet you my apartment, it's just like, I wouldn't do it, because like, you're not even in, in New York right now, but I'm an illustrator for Disney, and I'm going away for a job for Disney, and I, I think you'd be a fit for my space, this is nuts, so I get to his place, and it is like children's books, there's antiques everywhere, there's iPads, there's books, everything is uh, art-related, and it just was the perfect fit to like, to start off my my journey in uh, in uh, journey in the in the arts, I guess in in New York. And so wow, I and I like weird part is that we're still friends. And like I ever when I go to New York now, I crash at his place all the time. So this is kind of a it's, I don't know somehow like life works out that way. Yeah, like but, the universe sort of presented this situation for you. But the only thing I so I was really psyched on New York. I almost like I felt like I was on like some kind of drugs every time I come out of the of my apartment. I was like, oh my god, yellow taxis, like, like, like stinking garbage, like beautiful busy streets. Like it was just everything I dreamed of. It was there, and then I was like, on the other hand, I'm so lonely, and I have nobody. <laughs> So both of them combined was like the perfect New York experience, I think. Yeah, I think that sounds like a very, very typical New York experience. Yeah. And so what did you do for money? So I was like, I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, what do people do? And I like, I had to have a talk to myself. I'm like, there's no time to be shy. There's no time to, you know, be super cautious of what people are going to think about you if you say this or email that person. So instead, I started to, every day, I emailed, like, 15 to, like, 30 different companies, magazines, um, different companies that I admire, uh, book publishing companies, and I would, like, introduce myself, like, really, like, cold, not cold calls, but cold emails, yeah. I guess. And I, now that I think back, like, that is a lot of work with having, like, 99% rejection, <laughs> but at the same time, I was just, like, super dedicated to do this. I was just, like, excited to introduce people to my work, and I found that nothing really worked except um, bloggers, so I would, like, send my work to different, you know, bloggers who support young illustrators, or not just illustrators, just, like, emerging artists, I guess, and they would be like, oh, yeah, like, we like your work, we, we'll post about it, and so all those companies that I would, not all, but some companies that or magazines that I was emailing, I think my email would just go in their trash. Or like I didn't get any response. I think I got like five responses, and they were all like, "No." Out <laughs> <laughs> of there was one. You know, actually, Bitch Magazine. Yeah, um, yeah. There's, I love them. I've been reading them for so long, and they were my first gig. They gave me my first gig, and it happened to be like the main uh, issue of the magazine like the main article of the magazine wow. and it was like this amazing hard challenge to like tackle a really tough article and also you know I do a decent illustration so they they were my first um 
eight gigs. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I kind of just like uh, started to realize that a lot of art directors look at those blogs and lo- look at those like online magazines and they find their illustrators that way instead of going through their emails or whatever. I'm sure they don't have time for that. And I don't know, it's almost like they discovered you instead of you kind of like forcing your work onto them or something. I was just thinking about that today. I think that happens in so many cases. They like it to be their idea. Yeah, exactly. I I totally understand. People come from all different kind of situations from like too busy, also just be like, oh, another email from their artist, like don't have time for this. And then maybe, maybe the time they're looking you're a fit for the project, maybe it's the style that they're looking for. So exactly, yeah. It's like that right, m- exact right moment. Yeah, like timing has to be right. It's yeah. Like, well, right, the mood has to be right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But um, anyhow, I I ended up, yeah, I ended up staying there for a little, little while. And then when I came back to Vancouver, I, uh, like, I, obviously, I'm a Canadian. I can't stay in, in, the, in the States for too long, but... I was there for six months, and then I came back, and all of a sudden, I don't know, I guess I got so much practice with just being, like, introducing my work and not being shy about it and talking about what I like to do, and, you know, I worked a lot when I was there. I started getting all these magazine gigs, and agencies started to reach out to do advertising, like, same illustration style, but ads uh, ads and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I got this, like, I got into the momentum of how fast illustrators were working, I in my head in New York, like, there's day and night, they're like, you want this by tomorrow? No problem. You want this by, you know, in a couple hours? No problem. So when I came back, I really kind of, like, followed along with this sort of chaotic schedule. Just, like, just make it happen. Like, whatever whatever timeline you have, like, keep working hard and, like, don't take time off. And I think it develops, you develop your skills. I feel like you develop that skill so much faster when you're under pressure. And you start to make split decisions, and some of them are good, some of them are bad, but you're able to assess rather than just refining, refining the same illustration over and over again. Yeah, no kidding. And we're so, okay, when you came back from New York, were you sad to leave New York or were you ready to be back in Vancouver? I started getting all these gigs in Vancouver because I think when, when, you're, when you leave your city, <laughs> you know, tell me that's Yep. They're like, come back. We have all this job for you. I was just gonna say, it's just like the advertising world. Like, you you can work so hard to get an awesome job, and like, say you're in Toronto, and you're like trying and trying and trying and nothing. If you go to London or New York for like not even a year, mm-hmm. then yeah. you come home and you're a rock star because you were in London or you were in New York. It's like you have to go away to come home. I love that, right? <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I was wondering if that happened. Clearly, it did. Oh, it totally did. Like, I, I came back, and I, I just started, I did a mural for Hootsuite. It's, a, oh, you know, yeah. a, big, a big tech company here in Vancouver. And I just, you know, I didn't really know what murals were. I was like, Googled mural.com. Like, what is <laughs> What year was this? This was 2013. Okay. I was like, what is mural? <laughs> and then it turns out, it's like, it's wall art. I was like, cool, yeah, that sounds great. And so I designed something... So, uh, like, I sold me, I guess, for them. I was like, you guys are going to really, like, let me do my work on your wall? They're like, yeah, this is actually the place where we interview people. I'm like, well, this stuff is going to look pretty trippy, so get ready for a crazy mural. So I did my first mural, and the next day, this is so funny, because I was, like, trying to figure out what Hootsuite does. I was like, what do you guys even do? And they're like, 
oh, like we like it's all about sharing and with with your friends all the information. And I was like, okay, I don't get it. But then <laughs> now I get it. But at the time, I wasn't really too too aware what was going on. But they posted this article about like Ola Volo did our mural. She's a mural artist. And then I was like, what? And then all of a sudden. I didn't realize how huge of a following they have. And all these tech companies started hiring me to do murals. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I didn't realize they, so many companies look up, like, so many tech companies look up to Hootsuite in Vancouver. And I just started doing tech company after tech company. I don't know. I definitely did like 10 or something. Oh my God. Like, all in Canada? Or were you going down to Silicon Valley and stuff? Like, they're all in Vancouver. So. Oh my God different offices like banking offices like um some kind of phone app offices <laughs> like you name it i was there but it was the only way i could like practice doing murals and also like get paid for them because you know i'm that's i'm a working artist like that's what i need to be doing and these are these are companies who are also like they have budgets for this kind of stuff so i um i was able to practice and i was also able to like you know, start to do other work with the, you know, sustain myself to live in Vancouver, start to get different, you know, equipment like the iPad or like I got a Cintiq and I was like, whoa, digital artwork. And I started getting more back into digital artwork as well. So, okay. So first of all, so you do your one mural, all of a sudden you're a mural artist. I understand. I know how that is. Um, But what about things like working with lifts and all of that stuff? Like, was it the whole just fake it till you make it thing? Oh my god, totally. Because then all every wall, you do one wall, and then the next offer is like a bigger wall and a bigger wall. And honestly, you just have to like roll with the punch. You gotta figure it out. And like I, <laughs> you gotta figure it out. And I took a class. Like you need to get like, well, I don't know if you got licensed to ride the lift, but I did I didn't I didn't have any walls big enough. I was I told Penny Lane, I was like, just give me a ladder. I don't want any walls big enough where a lift is required. But they did have training for the people that needed it. Okay. Uh, but I was so glad I didn't have to do it. But anyway. You are getting on a lift. I know, I know. Um it's uh yeah, so I started I was taking this like courses with like ninety nine percent everybody is a construction worker and then there's me. Just <laughs> and they're like, Do you have a hard hat? I was like, Hard hat? <laughs> learning how to put on a harness, like all this stuff. And um, yeah, and I started getting bigger and bigger walls. And then the big breakthrough for me was, uh, actually, this is where Jamie from Thrive comes in. Her and I and this guy Graham, we went down to um, to Portland. And I was like, you know, there's a big market for illustrators there. And there, and we met uh, a guy who, who curates like a big mural festival in Portland. And he just took a chance on me. He's like, you know what? We, we're, you should come down here and do the, the festival here um, this summer. And that was my first festival. And it was a big enough festival that once you do one festival, you start usually start getting, um, like, I don't know. I, there's, there wasn't that many festivals five years ago. Now there's more. But back in the day, I was like, mural festival. This is crazy. And so I started to do more festivals. And so you kind of have to arrive feeling like you know your, you know your shit. But really... <laughs> It's kind of just like, holy shit, this is the highest, <laughs> like, highest lift I've ever, you know, operated and stuff. And so I started to sort of gain the confidence just by going there and, like, make it work. Um, and now, and now, you know, I don't know, these, uh, 
I find them to be really tough on the body, of course, because sometimes these piece, these murals are so big that, you know, there's all kinds of situations that come through. Uh, like the other, like, couple of years ago, oh no, last year, this time last year, I was out in Mexico, in Monterey, doing a mural. And it was, like, the biggest mural of my life. Honestly, this thing, like, went on forever. It was such a wall. I, I saw it, and I was like, this didn't look that big in pictures. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you do it all by yourself, or do you have helpers? Um, I usually try to I try to have somebody to help me, but I never usually do, because sometimes they're in different, like, they're always in a different city. Right. And I only now sort of learn how to, like, ask, just request, if you guys have a helper, like, that would be awesome. So I'm learning how to delegate and stuff, but that's only recently. So in Monterey, I was fortunate enough to get a helper, and he didn't speak any English, and I didn't speak barely any Spanish, but we we worked side by side 12 hours a day for, like, 10 days. It was, we, like, became best of friends. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but the part is, I remember just thinking, like, the things we do for art is, kind of crazy I really love that project that I thought I really dedicated so much of myself to that one huge mural and then when I flew back to Vancouver I was like oh I'm not really feeling too good like something's weird like I'm so tired I know maybe I'm like maybe I'm poisoned by all this spray paint or I don't, I don't know whatever it was turns out like I get to the hospital and I just can't move like I can't physically get off the, the bed or eat anything and they had me like you know like Grey's Anatomy, Grey's Anatomy style where <laughs> students come in and be like we don't know what's wrong with you we need to like if something's definitely wrong <laughs> and and I was like I don't know it's a Mexico painting like what do you <laughs> what do you want from me and it turns out like, I had got dengue fever and while I was painting the mural and because we were painting such long days and we were like up in the in the sky like, I don't know, when the set, sunset was happening, the mosquitoes would come out. And I was like, oh, whatever, just mosquitoes. I didn't think much about it. Um, but, yeah, I guess there was a mosquito that had dengue in it. and then, So it's just like a virus that goes through, but it's a pretty deadly one if you don't, like, if you don't take care of yourself through this thing. But, man, I was, like, thinking how many things, all the things you got to do, like, when you're physically out there painting and, like, hanging off these lifts, like, got all your equipment your harness and then you get these you know all these kinds of <laughs> oh my god then disease well see now here's the thing because i i knew all that because of thrive but i would listen to you in our thrive meetings and it, i was just saying this to jamie when i was down there for for the mural festival it wasn't until i met you through thrive that i was like oh i like i wonder if i could paint a mural yeah. Like it just didn't even seem like a thing. And then I used to love it when it would come around to your turn in the meetings for you to talk about, you know, something new that you had discovered or whatever project you were working on or what you were struggling with. And it was just like I was so intrigued by all of your stories. And even like the hard stuff, like even like, you know, the sunstroke and the this and the that. And I just thought it was so badass. And I was like, I want to do that. I don't want to be in the hospital, though. But when I was out there, like, full-on heat exhaustion kicking in, I felt like, Ola, I was like, yeah. <laughs> no problem. No problem. If I pass out, it'll be cool. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I just thought you were so inspiring. And, like, and yeah, just to, for it to be so physical. And so when I got to, you know, when I got asked to be in this festival, I, you think you were the first person I emailed, and I was like, 
I, I don't think I, I think the subject line was help. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Which is, oh my gosh, I think it's so nice to hear. And I was so inspired by what you were doing because you were traveling to Venice and all kinds of courses and doing talks there and like also like traveling like a boss. You're like, I'm doing two days there, I'm coming back, and then I'm <laughs> just like, wow. One day I will travel somewhere to do a residency or something. That sounds, I don't know. Your life, it, it sounded so artistic, but very different than what I was doing. So I'm so stoked to hear that you're doing more murals. And I think we should collaborate one time. <gasps> oh my God, that'd be so cool. And it's going to have to be on a lift. So I, can <laughs> I know, I know. You know what? By the end, I, like watching other people do it, I was like, I could do that. I fell off my ladder. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Oh. I had a little, cry. I had a little alone cry in an alley behind a liquor store. <laughs> no, oh. I was coming down off. It was a metal ladder, and I was coming down, and as I was stepping, I just it was a really flimsy ladder, I guess, and I saw the front leg start to buckle, uh-huh. and the whole thing just went like it just collapsed on itself and just started falling sideways, and so if I oh. fell with the ladder, I would have hit my head on the concrete curb. So I did this like parkour like reverse flip <laughs> I tried to fling myself off the ladder the other way and landed on my like all at once one impact on my shoulder elbow hip and knee just like thunk and I did this weird scream and I just la- like laid there I couldn't move for a minute and I was like thank god no one saw that and then I thought oh my god no one saw that like what if I need help like there's nobody around Oh, oh my, my god. god anyway I was fine and I ended up I got I got a little apple out of my bag and I sat on the curb and had a little cry and ate my apple and then two minutes later Joe Bronson do you know Joe no Joe he, he does um he does all the video he did all the video for them oh yes it of course of course Joe yeah yes. yeah Joe he's just Joe he doesn't have a last name um so oh, Joe showed up with a GoPro Yes. For me to put it on my head so that I could like climb around and do my painting, and uh, he's like, "Hey," and he had no idea I'd just fallen. So I was just sitting there. He's like, "Hey, you ready to do the GoPro?" And I'm like, "Okay." And I said, "Dude, you should have been here two minutes ago. You would have gotten the best action shot." <laughs> I did slow mo fall. Oh my god. Anyway, it was totally fine, and it also felt like a bit of a badge of honor. I was like, "Small mural injury, check, check." And that's hopefully that's a lot. Yeah, there will be no more falling off of things. That was crazy. I think I was just moving too fast, too hot, too tired. Yeah, and you had told me, like, get out of the sun, make sure you're, you know, like, all these different things. And I just I just was powering through, and I think I just got too much sun. And it was so funny because that one was behind a liquor store, very fancy liquor store. And so I went in to, like, get some water and told them that I fell hoping that they would like give me a free cider or something right of course but they were like oh the first aid kit's here do you need it and I was like does it have alcohol in it (laughs) anyway I didn't get a free cider but you know I got a first aid kit so you know but isn't that interesting like the the key I think when you're trying to schedule doing a mural doesn't matter which country you're in what time zone doesn't matter you get there super early and don't don't get cocky at like one o'clock or twelve o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon. Take that time off and then like go back at like four o'clock and like do another like a nice four to seven or four to eight. Like that time, that time in the in the afternoon will kill you. You're not gonna be productive and it's gonna the next day it's gonna like kill you a little bit more. So 
I always get like so like, well, it's fine. I'm I can handle it. But really, I come back to like I just got punched in the face. I'm yeah, like, totally. Yeah, you feel I know. And I didn't really eat the first two days, because you know you're in a zone. You lose track of time. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just finish these twelve dots. And then you know, and the next thing you know, five hours has passed, and it's like I think I ate an apple at nine. You know? Oh, but the the funniest one, the last day I was powering through, I was trying to get this thing done, but this particular wall was in the full sun from nine till six. No. And um, there was no shade. Like there just, it was just this bare parking lot. Right. And um, so it was behind this Korean nail salon. Uh-huh. And so these ladies kept coming out and they were like, this is so bad. There was um, a younger lady that ran, owned it. She's probably in her like early forties. And then these older ladies that worked there and they were coming out and they're giving me sun hats out of their trunk. And they were like, this is so bad for your skin. And so the lady that owned it went and got a, a towel, a, soaked it in water and then put it over my shoulder so that my shoulders were protected from the sun. Plus I was cool. And they kept like, they completely took care of me. It was the most hilarious, cute thing ever. Oh, that's so sweet. I honestly, those moments when you realize how the public are, like people seeing you work and understanding that when you're physically there producing the work, people interpret and feel connected to the work so much, so differently. Like it's almost like, well, it's like they're part of it it's like they're yeah it's like they got to be part of it because they saw it in progress and they were they brought you stuff like behind um this one condo where the thrive mural is Mm -hmm. the the people that lived in the condo would bring us beer every day at three you know and like it was and they were so happy they're like thank you for putting this art on our on our home it was so cool see now i get it now i understand your adrenaline rush and now Get me on a lift. There's no looking back. Okay, so, but you don't just do murals because you do your own paintings and stuff too. Yeah, so the interest, like, I don't know. I mean, the what my philosophy about going to the arts and, like, doing arts is, I, in general is I have curiosity in all these different mediums. Like, I love spray painting. I love acrylic. But I also love, like, illustrating just, like, really clean black line work with ink. And I love doing digital stuff on my iPad. And I love doing, I don't know, stuff for clients. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a lot of, I decide, because I've been doing a lot of calibrations with um, different clients, which is phenomenal. Like, I just, I think, I think it's one of my favorite things is how somebody will throw you, like, a different pickle, like, Oh, this crazy story, try to illustrate it in your style. And you're like, oh man, I've never gone through those experiences. So how do I represent their concept through my work? But I did that for so many years and I'm still doing it. Um, but I this year I decided to like check in with myself again and do focus back on my work and my stories and do uh, and paint um, and put a solo show together in Vancouver with just canvas work and like a mural in that show and there's going to be a couple I might do a couple of cultural pieces that's in may probably not but <laughs> I don't have time but I was I, gonna say you've got like two weeks <laughs> I'll keep on that but <laughs> you know it's uh, so cool though because I think that was our last Thrive meeting of that group where like we came to the end of our year and I think that was what you said in, in the last meeting that that this was your plan and now here we are and the show goes up what October 5th October 5th is when it goes up and I yeah I think it's coming up so fast which is uh nerve-wracking for me but yeah I'm working on it right now the crazy thing is I try to be like you know what I'm just gonna focus on my stuff but 
all these projects come in that I can't say no to. Like, it's a life, once in a lifetime opportunity to be like, Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. And then I have another, <laughs> some other stuff. And I just couldn't, you know, I was like, oh, yes. Like, oh, they're like, do you have time? I was like, I have all the time in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting around doing nothing. Send me the brief. <laughs> yeah, send me the brief. I'm there on the next flight. So, oh, just one second. I'm just going to take my hat out. Oh. <laughs> Um, sorry, a couple of difficulties. <laughs> he wants to be um, on the call. She. She was like, "Who is talking? What's happening?" Yeah. But yeah, we I collaborated with them this summer, and uh, they, you know, we I thought we were gonna have like a whole month to just like do this project, but I ended up being only like a week to complete everything. So I had a lot of like. 4 a.m., uh, you know, in the studio, just, like, in But the do you stuff. kind of love that? Like, are you, do you kind of thrive on that? Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll definitely have, like, a couple of cries, you know, just, like, I don't think I can do it. And then, I, of course, I come around and do it. But it's, like, this thing. Like, I love, I love, like, putting more stuff on my plate than I can handle and, like, seeing if I, like, do I, will I break? Like, I know it's not healthy at all, but, like... <laughs> something that happens where it's like if I do it I feel so much more proud like right now I only have a you know I'm working on four paintings but I'm doing a mural for Lululemon and the you know the sketches are due today and so I'm sketching all morning I I asked my mother to like help me fill out some of the paintings just fill colors so I like have the colors ready have the brushes ready and like you do that I'll do sketching I'll send her my sketches run to there like sign the prints, da, da, da. like, I, I don't know, there's something that happens where, when you try to give yourself too much time, I think you just, you just slow down, like, right, I, right. I don't even, I don't feel like I actually use that time that wisely. I've had a lot of people say that, actually, actually, people that have become mothers, who now only have a fraction of the time to make art than they used to, and they're always like, oh yeah, now I think back, and I'm like, I'd make a cup of tea before I went into the studio and like, well, maybe I'll listen to this podcast first before I really get going. And now it's like, oh, I have an hour and a half, like screw the tea. This is happening now. (laughs) But you are like that without children, because in all of our meetings, you were always like, you were always so exhausted because you had just come off of some crazy thing and you were on your way to another crazy thing. But like, I could tell that even though you were so tired, you were so pumped to you know like you like you're an adrenaline junkie I think that way like you're just like yeah yeah give me more let me do this stuff oh yeah and I can I get really psyched of some of the clients like uh, like Starbucks has been so cool for me I mean it's one of the coolest clients like that New York was that in New York that one that you did I did a bunch uh I've done a, a bunch now but I did the one in New York when we were chatting and it was like they gave me a full store close the doors being like take over every wall every corner and even the washroom passage like just like take over with all your illustrations and I just you know like painted you come into the store you're in my world like this is that's like, crazy that must be so cool for you to go sit in there so it's nuts like and having that much trust in the artist being like um can you please represent us correctly? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. How long? But you had a really short amount of time for that. Four days to do it. And Four so I, days? And I had to do it during closing. So they would close the store at nighttime at like 9, and I would be there till 6 a.m., and then the same thing every single day. So 
we just like I just did nice so that they don't lose business you know of course they have to be open um, but yeah now I'm doing a future project coming up um, just uh, FYI I don't know this is in the talks but I just uh, we just signed all the contracts and stuff but I'm doing something in Las Vegas for mm. for Starbucks and it is so exciting because I've never been to Las Vegas can you believe it? neither have I I've been in the airport in transit but I didn't leave the airport Oh, okay, I'm not the only one. You're not like, the only one. No, I haven't been there either. So I'm doing that in November, and I'm going down to L.A. in October, and I just got the permit yesterday from the city of L.A. I want to be installing my biggest mural of my life uh, on October 15th. Oh, my God. On what? Like on an outside wall? An outside wall. It's like, you won't believe it. It's like seven floors high. What? Like 160 feet long. Like... This thing is a monster, and it's right in downtown LA, and I can't believe I'm going to put my stamp on that thing. Oh my god, that's so exciting. Okay, how long are you going to be there? October 15th till when? Till November 10th, and then I fly to Las Vegas. And I'll I'm going to I'm gonna be in LA for a week at the end of October. What? For my, book, have- for my book tour. Okay, I'll have to come visit and also come to your... Okay, you come visit, and okay. I'm, yeah, I'm doing an event at Skylight Books. Awesome. Is that downtown? Or yeah, yeah, that? Los Feliz. And then, uh, okay. so I'll send you all the stuff. And for everybody listening to, I will post all of these dates because everything is all of a sudden, like flights are booked and it's a done deal. And so, oh my God. And then I can come and see your wall. Gosh, please. If I... you want me to put any dots on it, like I'm super good at dots. You know what? I will. I'm doing a lot of dots on this one. This is going to be like a, a it, it's a pretty big piece, but. Um, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but. You know, I kind of just like, it's a piece that's, uh, you know, I could, you know, I could act, here's a couple dots. <laughs> sure, everybody can, everybody can. Um, so what do you do in that situation? Do you project stuff or do you wing it as you go up floor by floor? Like, how, how do you plan that? This one's going to be, I'm, I'm going to have to wing this. I've never done anything that big, so Holy I will know. But, I mean, it's like 70 feet high. So, okay, um, are you having helpers for this one? Yeah, I hired a guy from okay. Seattle, and we're going to do it together. And um, so this one, I don't know, I think I'm going to project this one because there is a roof, the, the, the building across is, the roof kind of aligns with where the mural will be, and so it might be, it might work out just fine. But it is, to be honest, the wall is gridded because it's cement, so it kind of has that natural grid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Block. And so I, I definitely could just use that grid too. But it's honestly just the, the sketching when you're not using the projection, it just takes you like you lose two days of or like at least a day of a full day of just sketching and going back and forth. So I might as well. The client's pretty like set on the image and same with the city. So there's not that much room for like, oh, it's super skewed, weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just using those blocks. <laughs> That is very, very exciting. I can't believe we're going to be there at the same time. I'm totally coming by. I feel like I'm not alone. I don't know LA at all. I've done oh, only I like- love LA. LA is one of my favorite cities. Really? I, I've only done, you know, I did a Starbucks uh, right next to this mural so we can go have a call. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and then you can feel like you're kind of in your world. You'll have things you can recognize. It's you. So I'm, I'll be bopping around. I'm so excited to see you there. Yeah. Great. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Um, what was I just going to ask you? Starbucks, giant mural. Oh. 
I don't know what's gone from my head. Um, oh, I, I want to tell you about the Louis Vuitton thing. That okay, I yeah, yeah. Can I fill you in really quick? Yeah. Crazy collaboration, crazy partnership. Went down to, um, like, I, I, I got all the trunks, and I got to customize all of them, and then I went down to their exhibit in Toronto, and I get to this in this place called an Integral House. It's, like, one of the most beautiful homes, like, one of the most unique homes I've ever seen in the world, and it's in Toronto, and I walk in, and everybody is wearing head-to-toe Louis Vuitton. It was so beautiful i've never i've never seen such fashionable people in my life and then and they what they did is they they took up all my paintings that are going to be in the show and they had their interior designer interior designer be inspired by the paintings and so all the furniture was inspired by the painting so there was like these weird lava looking sculptures there was like this yellows and blues and grays and blacks like so everything that was in the paintings was they made a room based on the artwork and then they had the pieces in the room so when you come in not only are you sort of like interacting with these pieces but you're also like you know jiving with the mood of the paintings and because of the of the design of the setup oh my god did you cry did you want to cry oh my god i honestly i just had to like i yeah I, i wanted to cry when i when i hear these kind of people being inspired by the work and then reacting to it this way, you know, it, it was just, it was so beautiful. And then, of course, like, I got to meet all the people, of the family, the Louis Vuitton family was, like, crazy thing to, anyway, I just, I have to, like, pinch myself. I, I'm not really, like, I don't know how to explain it, but I, when I'm in that situation, I'm like, I've, this is amazing. The only reason I'm here is because I, I sort of do what I love, you know, and, and or I, I, I decided to do what I love. And I just like, that's what makes me cry. It's like, yeah. like, I don't know why, how I deserted, like how I got to meet these amazing people. But like in every situation, whether it's in neuro festivals or it's different clients, it's just like when I'm sort of overwhelmed by that, what, where art can take you is, I don't know, I just think it's so beautiful. And the concept of, like, I wouldn't be able to do art if I stayed in Kazakhstan. It's just there would not be this possibility to do it as a living. And, I, again, like, it just brings me back to being like, damn, like, how thankful am I to that, he, that I'm here, I'm doing this, but, like, that it's giving me this opportunity to, like, keep, keep doing it. I'm just like... But it's yeah. also you and your hustle. Like, you know, I think between going to the Netherlands... And, like, learning how to, like, you know, just say what you want. Um, and then New York and realizing there's no time to be shy and deciding that, you know, you're going to quit your Captain Morgan's job and everything was going to be towards art. Like, those were all, like, decisions and big moments that, you know, made you who you are. And it's so amazing and wonderful that you're appreciative and grateful. But those are all choices that you have made that anybody can make if they stick to it, you know? Yeah, those are big, yeah, those are big ones. Yeah, they are, you know, I, like, I've said this before that, like, my dad would always say, you know, I'd say, oh, I'm so lucky, I'm so lucky, and he'd say, oh, yeah, it's funny, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get, <laughs> and, um, and I never say I'm lucky anymore, because I work my ass off, That's you know, That's... and so do you, like, crazy, oh. crazy yep. girl. Well, oh my God, I can't wait to see your seven story oh my god okay we have to it's 3 15 so we have to do the not so speedy speed round sounds good coffee or tea 
What? Well, Kazakhstan, only tea. Okay, you know? well, I'm like, what about all your... So, I mean, you can have tea at Starbucks, I guess, when you're surrounded by your work in your New York Starbucks. No, 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 when I'm at Starbucks, I'm definitely going for the coffee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have a choice, you're going tea. Okay, fair enough. Um, okay, this I think is funny. I was thinking about this in the car this morning. Have you ever had to introduce yourself in Spanish? Uh, yes, when I was in... The, I did a... Spanish TV show um, when I was down in Monterey painting a mural and we went on there like you know like their morning news or whatever and I had to say hola me no, me, I think I said that's my number is hola yeah. it's like, oh my god I, I had to separate the two because <laughs> and when I was in Mexico oh my god every corner I turned I was just like I'm so famous here why is going on and nobody's actually naming <laughs> yelling hola everybody's just saying hello to each other God, that's so funny. I was just picturing you being like, Ola, I'm Ola. I thought that was, I had a funny picture. And when you were saying that about working with that guy for 12 hours a day that didn't speak English, that oh. just spoke Spanish, at least he could say your name repeatedly. Oh, over and over. No, he had a couple other words and it was great. <laughs> so funny. Um, okay, well, maybe you just answered this with the LA thing, but where is your dream wall? Where would you want to go if you could paint any wall anywhere? Where where would it be? Do you know? To be honest, I would love to go back to Kazakhstan and paint a wall there because of first of all, if you ever seen Soviet Union, Soviet uh, architecture, it's so simple and very um, flat and yeah. <laughs> like very very tall buildings with nothing, just like a perfectly concrete walls. And so I would love to go back because I didn't see that much street art when I went back a couple of years ago. And so I would love to see if I can be part of an organization and, and do something there. But as a dream project, I think I would kill to see my work animated. I think that's my that's what I want to work towards in the next couple oh. of years. Maybe I find somebody to collaborate with or something because the work is so flat, but it has a lot of movement, and I just feel like it needs a little bit of oomph, you know, to like move around. And anyways, that's it. Would be so cool if it was just. um, I used to animate in Flash, and uh, just to see it all flat, and then all of a sudden one of the little birds just flies away or something, and then the whole thing just comes to life. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for that feeling. Yeah. It in my mind, and I just I haven't had the time to probably like reach out or also give it a, a lot of thought so yeah that'll hopefully. totally happen totally yes um okay and last one who was the first boy you slow danced with oh my god i think it was this guy dylan from my from my elementary school he was the tallest kid in our <laughs> elementary school and i had a crush on him for like 17 years or like well like maybe like three years while i was there <laughs> What guy like ate erasers and stuff? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and was he actually taller than you? He is the only person that was taller than me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was on par. Every other boy, girl in school, <laughs> everyone was shorter. And so that that didn't stop. It started when I was in grade one and it, it continued. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Oh, my gosh. That's so far. I was, well, I'm not as tall as you. I'm only 5'8", but I was this tall when I was in seventh grade. So I was giant compared to everybody. And um, all the boys I liked were, like, a foot shorter than me. And um, maybe that's why Greg's 6'4". Maybe that's why as soon as I met him, I was like, yep. Nice. Done. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, that, that, those were all my questions. Oh, 
Well, I mean, I could keep going. I could keep going for another two hours, but we would need something deep fried and some kind of alcohol. And some kind of alcohol, yeah. What did we I have when we went out for dinner that night? Did we have mojitos? But they or they wouldn't make us mojitos. No, what was the? I think we had mojitos. I think. Yeah, and yeah, oh, that was a good night. We have to do that again. That was such a good night. Uh, I can't wait to do it all over with you in LA. I'm, I'm going to see if Jamie wants to come out. For <gasps> oh my God. She, if you just say that right now, she will go book the ticket. I think so too. Yeah. And has, I'm like, I'm going to have a place. You guys can all crash. It can fit everybody. Oh my <laughs> so, God. Done. Okay. I'm emailing you. Um, okay. Thank you so much. And see, now we know so much more. Yeah, and now I want to know more about you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but hopefully in LA we get the one more time. But thank you so much. That was that was so nice to chat with you. It's always so easy and so so open and stuff. So I'm excited to share all the stuff with all the listeners. But yeah, also people are gonna love it, and I think there's just so many good messages in there to just go for it. And like I I you know I was thinking again about questions I was gonna ask you, and I was like. Oh my God, I don't know how you became a mural artist. All I know is that you are one. And I just love that it was this fake it till you make it, like Mm -hmm. just get her done and hustle. And it's so inspiring because like, look at your life. Oh, I know. It's It's crazy. I can't believe art. I'm I'm like, you know what? I love this lifestyle. It has no, it has no predictability. (laughs) See, and some people wouldn't be able to handle that, but you can. And it's, like, it just suits you so well. You've crafted this really amazing um, life for yourself. And I'm so happy for you. And I'm so happy that I know you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy I know you too. And, yeah, I can't wait to see you. Thank you again for having me on this podcast. Of and course. Yeah, and I will see you hopefully in Vancouver on the weekend. And if not, in L.A. in a couple of weeks. Sounds great. All okay. right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. How inspiring is she? And you see, now our friendship has reached new levels. I titled this episode, There's No Time to Be Shy, because for me, that was one of the biggest takeaways from this conversation. A lot of people, including me for years, spend way too much time being too shy or too nervous or too scared to just go for what they want. And Ola is proof that the whole fake it till you make it thing works. Thank you so much to Ola for sharing her story with us, and good luck with your seven-story wall in L.A. next week. Thanks to Saatchi Art for supporting this episode, and as always, huge thanks to you for listening. There will be more art for your ear next weekend. See you then.